Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. All the time. I can always count on Bruce to be blessed all the time. Whether you feel it or not, you just say it, right? You speak it. You ever had those moments in life where you're like, I could speak what I'm seeing or what I want to see. Amen? There's still, there's still validity, to the, validity to that. And you know, there's certain movements that have kind of been thrown under the bus or given a bad rap, but you know, science has even showed that you know, our words are powerful. What we say is powerful. I mean, we turn things on and off in our brain. We can actually rewire our brain through what we say. So, you know, this, this doesn't have to be, I mean, the, the world who isn't necessarily religious practices, practices these things and they see results, you know? And so, you know, a lot of those things, you know, meditation, taking quiet time, speaking the right words, all these things we can find all through the scriptures. And I think we need to utilize those things. How about you? It's important, especially in this day and age, at least for, for me to kind of shut some things off and really think some things through. But I'm so glad that you're here with us this morning. We have some, some new faces. We have some faces we haven't seen in a while, which is awesome. I want to welcome Facebook and YouTube uh, to the service today. It's just great. We really count it an honor and privilege that you would take an hour, hour and a half of your morning on Sunday especially when it's beautiful and it's getting nicer, to spend some time with us, to worship with us, to hear me just say a few words and hopefully uplift your soul, uh, bring you some more clarity on the Father's heart, how God sees you, uh, more clarity in how you should see yourself. I mean, I know that's one thing we can struggle with at times. We do that comparison game. Stop it. I'll get in fatherly mode. Stop it. Don't compare yourself to others. You're unique. You're built just, I sound like Joel Osteen now. You're unique. God loves you. I love Joel Osteen, man. Come on. People give him a hard time. It's like, listen, go during the week to to the services there and get some deep meat and stuff. But he's just trying to reach people and say, God loves you. I think that's awesome. How many know we all have a lane? Not when you're driving too. But we all have a lane in life. That's kind of how I see it. Sometimes we need to stay in our lane. Stop telling other people to get over in our lane. That's their lane. All right, I don't know where that came from, but praise God. So anyway, we started a new series last week called Outfitted by Jesus. And uh, just looking at some different ways that we've been clothed with power from on high, that we've been clothed with these different facets with Jesus. Facets like uh, goodness, love, grace, restoration, the list goes on and on and on. And we could do a 50-week series if we wanted. We're not going to do that. We're just going to take a few weeks and really look at a few things that we've been clothed with through Christ. Now, last week, how many know, what did we talk about? We've been outfitted for what? Starts with an F. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Sorry if I put anyone on the spot there. You're like, Pastor, you looked at your notes. I know I cheated. But, you know, we talked about this idea of forgiveness. So hopefully this week you've put some of this into practice. You've found some ways that you can forgive some people that maybe you haven't let off the hook yet. And maybe it was a struggle this week. You found yourself waking up every morning going, I, uh, I, I forgive them. I forgive them. That's okay. You're practicing. You're walking this thing out. It's not the easiest thing to do. And I really started with that because I thought, wow, what better, what better way to start on Resurrection Sunday when we're really thinking about this idea of resurrection, right? This idea of a new life. 
I was thinking about this this morning because, you know, sometimes we can say things in religious terms, and Pete's really good at this sometimes in saying, no, Pete, seriously, you'll say, that was really good, Pastor. Maybe if you broke it down or said this again in a different way. Because, you know, sometimes we just know what we're saying, right? I mean, I've got a few notes up here. I'm melancholy. I've got a lot of notes up here. So I've got these notes and, and these things that I say, but I want to make sure that we're getting it. So when I say resurrection, we're not just talking about something that we, that we celebrate one time a year, one day. We're talking about we, what we should be celebrating every single day, right? But resurrection is what? It's something that has died so that it can raise again. And so what, what I'm finding in my life a lot of times is there's certain ideas, certain thoughts, certain ways that I live that need to die. But not just so they're dead, so that I can raise again to something new, right? So that's what we're doing. This is what this process is all about in this series is to try and kill off some stuff, if you will, let it die, let, let it lie, let, bury it deep. Why? So we can raise again to a new way of living. Does that make sense? And so I really want us to see that it's not just something that Jesus did over 2,000 years ago. I think it's very symbolic of our life in him. And as we awaken to these new ideas and these new ways of seeing God, ourselves, life, what happens is it's automatic. Things will die. They will pass away. But then what do we do? We resurrect into something new. It's a new form of ourselves. Who we truly are, to be honest. It's something that's always been there. Think about that in the seed. Everything necessary for that seed that you plant to become the tomato or the apple or whatever it is, is already in the seed. But what does the seed need to do first? It dies. But then what comes out? What's already there? And see, that's a huge thing, right? Because a lot of times we think that we're something else when God's trying to convince us of who we already are. He's saying, sure, there's some things that need to die, that, that outer crusty stuff around who you truly are, so the true self can come out. Do, do you see this? Because a lot of times, man, it could be so easy to come up with messages about what you aren't as a pastor. Beat you over the head, get you to volunteer, work harder, give more money. Like Pete said, sacrifice really hard. Now, I need to look that up too because I I do believe this. There's times where love sacrifices. So there's got to be, there's a, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a line there where you can sacrifice out of um, uh, self-effort. You can sacrifice out of trying to prove yourself and be good enough. But on the other side of it, love, come on, love itself sacrificed on a cross. I'm just getting this, Pete. So there's something about sacrifice. But again, I think, what's the foundation of that? Is it an obligation or is it inspiration? Look, we're getting stuff together just as we're talking this morning. This is cool. We've been talking about this different idea are these different ideas of being outfitted by Jesus. And so again, we talked about being outfitted for forgiveness. But today, I want to talk about peace. Say peace. Now, I have you say things a lot with me. And I know some of you are like, my God, what, why does he do this? But, but I found this. It's probably a habit, first of all. I want you to participate and be with me. I think my dad did this a lot too, had to say things with him. But I found there's two things in life that really help us to retain and remember. 
First is taking notes. And I see some people with like old school notepads. I'm like, what, what is it? How do you do that again? What's that utensil you're writing with? Right? Because I'm all digital. As much as I can, I'm digital. Even like you just click the microphone and you say it and it does it for you, right? Right? But whether you're writing the notes or you're, you know, taking notes inside a digital device or, you know, the notes we provide on version, go to version, open it up, go to the more tab, select events, all the notes are there. You can add your own notes and you can save it so you can go over it. These things are to help you to not just retain, but to actually say, oh, what was that again? So that you can begin to live it out. But another thing is saying when you say things out loud. And so sometimes, when, just, just humor me, even if you're sick of it and tired of it, just humor me. Even online, I want to hear you speak so loud, screaming. I want the neighbors to hear you saying things like this. No, I'm just kidding. They'd be like, they're yelling at their kids again. Outfitted for forgiveness, amen. Today we're going to talk about peace. There's a really cool story in the Gospel of Mark, and I want to pick up here in Mark chapter 4. And I want to start with verse, let's start with verse 35. It says, later that day, after it grew dark, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. After they had sent the crowd away, they shoved off from the shore with him as he had been teaching from the boat. And there were other boats that sailed with them. Now look what happens. Suddenly, say suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, a ferocious tempest arose with violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat until it was all but swamped. Woo. Now this is, this is really wild because we sang a song today, It Is Well With My Soul. And as we're going through rehearsal, I'm singing this portion. I'm like, that's my message for today. This is so cool how it just works out. Let's just, let's be, it was the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but, it, but it's so cool because this is really the story, right? Look at this. But Jesus, say but Jesus. Now what's happening to the boat? It's being swamped. It's rocking. That's right. And there's wind and there's waves and it's ferocious and there's a storm. But Jesus, what was he doing? Was calmly sleeping in the stern. Now this story isn't just in this gospel, but I think it's interesting that the writer of the gospel, Mark, had to add this little thing, comma, resting on a cushion. (laughs) Resting on a cushion? There's a crazy storm going on. Jesus is sound asleep. Not just that. He's resting on a cushion. Was the cushion wet? Was it soaked? How could he be resting on this cushion? Look at this. So they shook him awake saying, teacher, don't you even care? They were all about to die? Fully awake, he rebuked the storm and shouted to the sea, hush, calm down. And all at once, the wind stopped howling and the water became perfectly calm. Then he turned to his disciples and said to them, why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned, look at this, to trust yet? I love this translation. Haven't you learned to trust yet? But they were overwhelmed with fear and awe and said to one another, who is this man who has such authority that even the wind and waves obey him? There's something here that Jesus says that really sticks out to me. And, and even the lyrics from the, the song today were so beautiful. I looked this up because I just wanted to see. It says, so let go my soul and trust in him. It's the very thing Jesus is talking about. Look at this. The waves and winds still know his name. Say, still know. Still 
The waves and winds still know his name. So let go my soul and trust in him. The wind and waves still know his name. That's so powerful. Storms come. It's inevitable, right? I mean, we all go through storms in life. Wouldn't it be great that if you decided, I'm gonna follow Jesus on a Saturday, that that very day, a storm never came again in your life. But how many know they do? Now I know, Sometimes when we come to church, we feel for some reason, and maybe it's just the culture of the church, that we have to pretend like everything's okay. Because we don't want, you know, I mean, I've heard people say things like, well, brother, you just need to have a little more faith. Are you praying enough? Are you reading enough? Are you doing enough? And all of a sudden it becomes, the, the onus is on you. Are you doing enough? Because the storm's in your life. And it's like, well, wait a minute. This, I didn't have anything to do with this storm. Now, sometimes I caused, I've caused my own storms. How about you? I've made decisions that are like, whoa, okay, there comes a storm. That was my bad. But even in that, the wind and waves still know his name. I still have an opportunity to say, Jesus, I need help. Don't you know we're all going to die? Why are you sleeping on a cushion? I think he, he wants to say something. Because I'm giving you an example of what you do during a storm. Because it's counteractive to how we respond with our nature sometimes, right? With, with who we are and how we are and what we've learned and how we've been raised, it's an automatic response to yell out, to cry out. Nothing wrong with that. But we're talking about peace today. See, storms come. And better yet, storms come even when Jesus is with you. We can say storms come even when Jesus is in the boat. And guess what? He's in your boat. Have you ever thought that? The storm comes, you're like, wow, where'd Jesus go? I must have done something wrong. Jesus isn't here. No, the storms are coming. He's still there. And, and what does he say? He says, why are you so afraid? I think sometimes he's saying that to us. Why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? And I don't think he's being condescending at all. Sometimes it's easy to read these things. And when Jesus goes, where's your faith? We think he's just irritated with them. And he's, he's just, I'm done. But maybe it's like, a good parent or a friend or, or a good rabbi saying, we still got some learning to do. Where's the trust? So again, storms come, it's inevitable. And storms come even when Jesus is in the boat. But, say but, and this is a big but, we can choose our response to the storm. Not saying it's easy. But the one thing we can do, because how many know you can't always control the storm? but you can control your response to the storm. What will I say? What will I do? And I found this, let me just, let's just tell on me. I found my response to the storm is usually a really good litmus test of how much learning I've done for trusting. It really is. And I've learned not to get into condemnation over it, just to go, oh, got some learning to do. I didn't really trust you that well in that area, Lord, but I got, some, I got some learning to do. And he's like, that's all right, son. I'm right here. Haven't left the boat. I promise I'll never leave. I'll never forsake you. Come over here and lay with me on this cushion. It's so much better down here. But it takes faith because you're like, but look at the waves. Look at the wind. And Jesus is saying, it still knows my name. I've got this. Amen? Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Yeah, well, that's a great story, Pastor. Thank you so much for that. But that's Jesus, and I'm not Jesus. And I guess that's really one of the reasons, one of the main reasons for this series. 
You may not be Jesus, but you are clothed with power from on high. Now, I'm not trying to be over-spiritual, but I want us to see what's going on here. I mean, as we talked about last week, Luke 24, 29, that's our main verse for this whole series. It says that you've been endued with power from on high. And what do we learn? That word endued, we could literally say outfitted. That's, that's where Pastor Chris, by the way, came up with that name. I thought it was cool. I'm like, outfitted, let's do it, man. But we could say outfitted. Why? Because endued in the Greek means to sink into clothing, to put on, to clothe oneself. And what are we clothing ourselves with? It says power. But what's power mean? Ability, strength, and virtue. So what I want us to see, what I really want us to to gather out of this time together during this series is that we are clothed with the ability, the strength, and the virtue necessary to live out resurrected life because we're outfitted by Jesus. And like I said earlier, resurrection, that word isn't just saved for one Sunday a year. This is a process of our life. We are continually dying to old thoughts and ideas and patterns of life. Why? To raise again to the truth of who we are and whose we are. But we have to see that we're outfitted by Jesus. That gives us that ability. It gives us that strength. So today I want to talk specifically about the fact that we are outfitted for peace. Say it with me. Outfitted for peace. Now, like I said, you know, many times... I think it's hard to read the gospels, see the stories of Jesus and, and you see Jesus, you know, saying and doing things and then just go, okay, well, I guess that makes me capable of doing the same thing. Right. But it's interesting to me that in the gospel of Matthew, during what we call the sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter five, six, and seven, beautiful sermon. Take a minute and read that if you get a chance. But Jesus makes this statement in Matthew 6, 34, He says, so do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, I like what Jesus is saying here because he's not saying that all the trouble goes away. But he's saying, listen, every day is going to have something come up. We can make mountains on a molehills, or we can simply say, I choose not to worry. Which is not easy. I'm not saying it is. But what I believe that Jesus is saying is, yes, storms will come, but don't worry about it. Now, I know when I say that, it's kind of like, what do you mean don't worry about it? And let me say this too. When when I speak or preach or talk or give a message, it's not because I've arrived. Some areas I have down better than others. How about you? So I'm speaking to you from experience, but also from where I want to go. You know, just because I'm saying something to you and maybe I'm still working on the walking out doesn't mean it's any less truth. So I still need to speak truth, right? So anything I'm saying today, I don't want anyone to go, wow, man, I, wow, I wish I could be like Pastor Andy. He's got it all together. No, I don't. <laughs> Ask my family. Family knows it all, don't they? But we're all on a journey. We're all growing together, right? But this idea of just don't worry about it, I mean... It, it, it's simple words, but it's not the easiest thing to live by, especially depending on what you've gone through, 
what report the doctors have given you, what unexpected bill came in the mail, you know, what friendship was broke off, a spouse left you. I mean, things happen and you're like, whoa, whoa, you say, don't worry. How is that possible? Things aren't going the way that I, I think they should go so I can have peace in my life. But peace isn't something that, that is based on what's going on around your life. The perfect peace of God is something that's always there. It always remains, but it's up to us to awaken to it, to tap into it, to receive it, if you will. And so I think it's so important to listen to the words of Jesus. Yes, listen, storms will come, but don't worry in the midst of those storms. You know, so often we, we just aren't present in the day-to-day life. You ever caught yourself just not being present? It's usually when my kids come up to me and it's the fifth, Dad! but my head's somewhere else. And, and I don't want to be that kind of parent. I don't want to be that person. But sometimes you get consumed with what's going on around you. But so often I think we've all, you know, experienced this in life where we just aren't present in the day-to-day. We get so caught up in what has happened in the past or what may happen in the future that we forget about the here and now. Anyone else? It's easy to do. I believe that's why Jesus and the apostles tell us over and over and over again, don't worry. Because when we do, we forget about the peace that Jesus has provided, the peace that's already there. In fact, he has outfitted us for peace. We've been outfitted for peace. I know I'm saying that a lot, but I want us to get that today. No matter what you're going through, you still can experience peace in your life. But here's the key. We can't utilize what we don't know we have, even if we have it. Let me say that again. We can't utilize what we don't know we have, even if we have it. Does that make sense? There's things in our lives that that God has given us, blessed us with. How many have noticed this in your journey with God that you have slowly but surely awakened to different things, different facets of this life and what you have uh, at your disposal. I mean, it's, it's so cool. And when you do, isn't it exciting? You're like, oh my gosh, like this peace thing. It's like, if you just don't know that it's already there, you're like, well, I just do what I've always done. I fret, I worry, I, I try to, here's my personality, I'm gonna figure it out. Like I sit right down, even if I get the pen and paper out, I'm always trying, isn't that true, hon? I'm always trying to figure it out. There's a way, there's a way. Glass is half full, there's a way out of this, I'm gonna figure it out. And when I can't find a way, I get so frustrated. That's right, drop it. I get so frustrated, you know? But sometimes I believe Jesus is saying, listen, I'm not asking you for the answer. I know what the answer is. I'm asking for you to just receive the peace that I've given to you in this situation. Because, I mean, at one point Jesus even said, he goes, I mean, if, if you worry, do you think that's going to add a single hour to your life? In fact, I think the opposite happens. I think it takes away hours of your life. This worry, this stress thing, I mean, you can see it all over the place, especially in Western culture. Man, go, 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 go. I want to rest. You don't rest. You got stuff to do. Go, go, go. Worry, fret, go, go. Worry, fret, go. No, I shouldn't have did that, but man, that's just what, I mean, and you know what? It leads people to suicide. I've done studies on this, and it's like suicide and and disease, it comes about from stress. It's stress-related. So maybe, maybe that's something we need to awaken ourselves to and, and just stop telling people, well, you know, just stop being like that. Just, just have a happier day. Well, they're going through stuff. Yeah. 
They have stuff going on in their heart. So maybe you're the person that needs to be there to help them through that process. But what they need is peace. A lot of times we're giving them advice and things that they need to do and you need to work harder and try harder and maybe they just need peace. Does that make sense? But the prophet Isaiah, he speaks of the many names of Christ as he's prophesying about the Messiah. But there's one very specific name that he calls Jesus. It's this, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Now, there's songs we sing about this. I've heard this forever growing up. But it's beautiful when you can pull out the original language. The word prince in, in the Hebrew means chief, captain, or ruler. And this word prince actually comes from two different Hebrew words. The word prime, which means of first importance or first rate. And the word capable, which means having the ability or capacity for. Now think about this. Jesus is the prince of peace, of first importance, first rate, having the ability or capacity for for what? Peace. The word peace means soundness and complete. Safety, health, tranquility, contentment. You know what it reminds me of is the word salvation in the Greek. Right? Safety, preservation, healing, restoration, completeness. To me, this is it just encourages me to know that God's got my back. He's on my side. He wants me to have a whole soul, whole thinking, whole living, completeness. So Jesus has, think about this, Jesus has the first rate ability and capacity for soundness and completeness. That's what Prince of Peace means. And peace comes from Jesus. More specifically, we could say Christ. And what do the scriptures tell us? That we are in Christ and he is in us. We are in union with God. So that tells me something. That you have the first rate ability and capacity for completeness, for soundness, for wholeness, for restoration. It's in you. Say it's in me. Look at the person next to you and say it's in you. How many know this whole journey is awakening to things, isn't it? And so it's important that we see this. But we are in Christ. You know, I was doing a study and the, the Apostle Paul states about 164 times these in hymns and he and us. So this is a big revelation to the Apostle Paul and I, I believe it should be to us as well. So that means that we have, again, the first rate ability and capacity for soundness and completeness. But again, we can't utilize what we don't know we have even if we have it. You have peace, but maybe you don't know it yet. So let's look back at Matthew chapter six. And I really want us to get a better context of verse 34. How many know this, that when the scriptures were written, whether they were letters, you know, whether they were songs, whether it was historic things, whatever it was, that it was written not in chapter and verse. Now, I love the chapter and verse because I can say, go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, and we all know where to go. We're not, you imagine how long you'd be flipping through. Where's this at? Is it three quarters of the way through? What's going on? But that tells me something, that when they were writing these letters, when they were writing the, these things out, they weren't thinking about where do we break and pause. They were writing thoughts. And so how many know this, that if you read one verse, you take it out of what? Context doesn't mean it's always a bad thing, but it's always good to kind of see what's surrounding that. 
Because I think about this idea, Jesus tells us not to worry. I'm like, okay, that's great, Jesus. Was there something leading up to that? Yes, there was. Let's look at verse 30 of Matthew chapter 6. It says, if God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. This is so cool. To not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you both know God. I'm sorry, but you, but you know both God and how he works. Steep yourself in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. And here's verse 34. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Now, what a, Eugene Peterson, thank you. What a beautiful translation. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. I love the way that he says this. Because sometimes, I even touched on this earlier, we are so preoccupied with what has happened in our past or what may happen in the future that we can't even see what God is doing in our lives right here and right now. Listen, I've been there. I'm not talking down to you. I'm speaking from experience. Times where I'm so preoccupied with all these things that it's like I can't even see what's in front of me. I can't even see the peace that he's given me in the midst of this situation. And again, I can have it, but if I don't know I have it, I can't utilize it. It does no good in my life. He says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will deal, God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. You ever said things like this to your kids? They're like, you know, maybe something's bothering them, they want to they do some whatever. You're like, hey, listen, listen, we'll get to that. The time will come, just hold off for a minute. Because as parents, we're trying to do the best for our kids. And I believe we know better, we've experienced more, right? So we're trying to help. And I believe, I believe the same thing here. Jesus wants us to know that, listen, we'll deal with that when the time comes. But right now, let's deal with where you are, the here and now. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that we don't plan ahead, that we can't you know, make investments for our future, whether financially or educationally, whatever that may be, that we can't put stuff on our calendar. How many know just my wife and I, in order to go on a date, have to put it on the calendar, that's, that's where we are in life. I'm like, Lord, what is going on right now? There was a time where we just got up and went, but guess what? We can't. We got kids and cats and responsibility and just stuff. So we got to put it on a calendar after we find a babysitter or whatever it is. I mean, even vacations. It's like, well, we got the animal. What do we do? You, there's things you have to do. So you have to put things on a calendar. You have to plan. It's really more about our attitude and living. How do we live? Are we embracing this perfect peace in day-to-day life? Are we becoming more aware of the fact that we are outfitted for peace? That's really what it's all about. So I just want to go over three main points today. At how this looks. We're outfitted for peace, but how do we tap into that? What do we do through the times where we can choose to worry or we can make the decision to follow peace? Number one. Receiving Jesus is receiving perfect peace. Receiving Jesus is receiving perfect peace. You know, just because you've gone to church for one or two or five or ten years, 
just because you've prayed a prayer of salvation, it doesn't mean that we've tapped into everything there is. I use the word a lot, but so did the apostles. This journey is a journey of awakening. We're awakening to so many different facets of what it looks like, what it means to live out a life in Christ. So awakening to Christ in you opens you up to embrace your perfect peace. One of those many facets. Why? I'll say it again. Because Jesus is perfect peace. And let me say this. We don't have to strive for peace. We don't have to somehow try to conjure it up or make it happen. We already have peace residing within us. Because we're in Christ. Look at the person next to you. Say, I'm in Christ. So I have peace. It resides within me. Remember, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and receiving him is receiving peace. So then maybe someone this morning would ask, so why don't I feel peace right now? Maybe you're going through a situation where you're like, Pastor, I mean, that, that's, that's a hard thing for me right now. I get it. Been there. Many times in my life. But it's a choice that we have to make. I mean, choosing to follow worry I mean, in my life, how many times did I have to tell myself, worrying about this is not making the situation better? There's something to what Jesus is saying here. There's something to what the apostles are saying here. And so it's important that we see this. But why don't I feel peace right now? Well, many times we just don't realize that we already have it. Because we think it's something we need to feel in order to have. It's kind of like forgiveness. Just realize that every one of these facets... We have it already, even if we don't feel it. Some people will hold off from forgiving people because I don't feel the forgiveness yet. But forgiveness is not a feeling. Love is not a feeling. Peace is not a feeling. It's a decision. You catch that. And so it's important that we see this, that no matter what you're feeling, because sometimes it's not even, well, I don't feel it yet. I'm not going to do it. You're trying to be true to yourself. You're trying to say, well, I don't... I guess I don't want to act on this or say this because I don't want to be a liar. I don't want to lie to myself. But sometimes you need to disregard those feelings because, listen, feelings change. Come on. Feelings change day to day, right, depending on what's happening. I love that whole definition of, of happiness. It depends on what's happening. Right? Happiness can be fleeting, right? Whereas joy is something that you can have even if it's, what's happening isn't the best thing. Is this making sense? I'm not trying to be like, ooh, out here somewhere. It's the truth. We get to make these decisions. I mean, science is proving what God has spoken in the scriptures, that you can change your mind and change the direction of your life by your thoughts. And then what, what do you speak? You speak what you think. This isn't just some word of faith thing. Okay, and so some word of faith stuff. I mean, everything finds a ditch and goes one way too far. Come on. But it doesn't mean that, you know, the initial thing of, wow, my, my words mean something isn't true. Science has proven this. So speak over yourself. Speak what you want to see. Don't speak the problem. Speak the answer. I completely agree with that. I think that's beautiful. It will help us in our life. But again, if you're not feeling peace... Maybe you just don't realize it's already there. Maybe it's time to correct your speech about the situation, which isn't easy because you're speaking what you think. What did Paul tell us? That we're transformed by the renewing or the changing of our mind. And so this is a process. So no condemnation this morning if you haven't arrived. I haven't either. But we're on a journey together. Amen? 
But Jesus said this in John 14, 27. He says, I am leaving you with a gift. Say a gift. What is it? This gift is better than all the money in the world. Peace of mind and heart. How many know a million dollars? That's a cool thing happening and it might bring some happiness for a little while. But it doesn't bring peace of mind and heart. Temporarily, it could be like, I can pay a couple bills. But it doesn't bring true peace of mind and heart. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. There's, there's those words again. He says, don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. And notice, it's a gift. A gift isn't earned. You don't have to be good enough in order to receive this gift of peace. You just have to go, oh, I receive it. I say it all the time. Someone can extend their hand with a gift in it. If you don't receive or take it, you'll never benefit from it. So all these are gifts sitting there under the Christmas tree, just waiting for you to grab, but you have to receive it. And let me tell you this. For most of us, sometimes those things we have to receive by faith, don't we? Especially if you don't think you deserve it. Especially if you don't even know if it's there, but it is there. Say it's there. So again, receiving Jesus is receiving peace. Number two, a troubled soul inhibits or stops peace from flowing in our lives. This is why Jesus says a lot, don't be worried, don't be troubled. Why? A troubled soul inhibits. It literally can stop peace from flowing in our lives. The Apostle Paul says this in Philippians. He says, never worry about anything. Every time I read this, I'm like, Paul, you were off your rocker, dude. You must have been in the Holy of Holies this day, you know. But maybe, maybe, just maybe, the Apostle Paul, who went through a lot of stuff, right? Maybe he was going through some stuff this day, and he said, you know what? Never worry about anything, because even he was trying to convince himself of the peace that was already in him. He says, never worry about anything, but in every situation... He doesn't leave anything open, man. He says, every situation, let God know what you need in prayers and requests while giving thanks. So what do we do when we experience trouble or anything that can cause worry? We go talk to our father. We get it off our chest, right? I believe that prayer is more for us than it is for God. It's not like God's going, you don't spend enough time with me or I need your prayers to be more powerful. No, 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 no. Prayer is about you because you go to your source. You're getting things off your chest. Some people just need to get things off their chest. For years and years and years, we bury and we push down and we bury and we push down and we bury and push down. And then in like their 50s, they freak out and have a breakdown. We're like, what happened? That was all of a sudden. No, it wasn't. It was decades of pushing things down. There's something about getting something off our chest. What better way than to go to your ultimate source and say, man, I'm, I'm struggling. I, there's issues. There's things in my life. Get that off your chest. And then it says this, then God's peace. Now, I don't, I don't believe this means then God goes, okay, you finally came to me. Now I'll give it to you. No, I think going to God allows him to reveal what's already been there, always been there. Then God's peace, which goes beyond anything we can imagine, will guard your thoughts and emotions through Christ Jesus. I love this. Then God's peace. This is speaking of the peace that already resides within you. It's already there. The Prince of Peace, Jesus. 
But what happens is we awaken to, we discover this peace that's always been there that God has given us, blessed us with as a gift. And what happens? What's inside will also translate into this peace of God outside of us. Where? Toward the outward circumstances. So where or what is our focus? That's what it comes down to. I believe in the story of Jesus when he's speaking to the waves. I believe, you know, even Paul, when he says to not worry about anything, they're saying, where is your focus? Are you focused on the issue? Are you focused on the problem? It's like, of course I am. I mean, that, that's what's in front of me. That's what's screaming the loudest right now. But they're trying to say, take your focus off that. Take your focus over here to where goodness is, to where peace is, to where grace is, to where God is. Get your focus right. Does that make sense? So a troubled soul inhibits or stops peace from flowing in our lives. But number three, here's the positive one, keeping our focus on God causes peace to flow in our lives. So we want to see that flow. I, I found, again, I'll go back to myself. It always flows when I'm keeping my focus on God. When I'm keeping even my focus on who God says I am, not what someone else has said or what I think, some false idea or a lie of myself. It makes a big difference. Your focus does matter. I want us to see that. And so, again, when you focus on God, it causes peace to flow in our lives. The prophet Isaiah said this as well in Isaiah 26.3. He says, you, speaking of God, will keep in perfect peace. I love that phrase. All who what? Trust in you. Remember the words of Jesus in the boat after he calms the wind and the waves? He says, why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? The same thing is happening here. You, Heavenly Father, will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are what? What's this next word? Fixed on you. Now, this, this perfect peace is really cool in the Hebrew. It's shalom, shalom. Say that with me. Shalom, shalom. It means completeness, soundness, safety, health, tranquility, contentment. It even goes on to say, especially in your covenant relationship with God, discovering who you are and whose you are makes all the difference. It's a perfect peace, but this word fixed in the Hebrew means fastened or attached. We need to fasten ourselves. We need to attach our thoughts to what God says about us, not the circumstance, not the situation. Is this making sense? Listen, I'm not trying to downplay what's happened in your past. I mean, your past could be full of mess ups, you know, full of issues, what people have done to you or, you know, what they haven't done for you. I mean, I'm not trying to downplay. I'm not trying to sweep things under the rug. I think that's the wrong thing to do. Sometimes we think faith is sweeping under the rug and pretending like it's not there. No, wrong. That leads to some bad stuff later in life. The soul can only handle so much. It's deep. It can handle a lot. But decades of that stuff, mm-mm. That's why through prayer and petition, we need to talk to God. Or even, I would say this, talk to someone who's gifted in helping. Whether that's a psychologist or someone who maybe has the gift of, you know, supernatural, like healing, soul healing, things like that. People are gifted in this. And I think it's important. Maybe you're someone that says, I, I need to go to someone and just get, well, go, get things off your chest. I think it's really important. So we're not trying to downplay that stuff. But here's the thing. Are you embracing the perfect peace? It's already there. 
through that process of getting help or speaking to God or, you know, having close friends who, you know, are near and dear to your heart. They understand you. They have your best interest in mind, whatever they may be. Are we embracing the perfect peace that's always been there? Because we have the first rate ability and capacity for soundness and completeness. We have been outfitted for peace. Say, I have been outfitted for peace. It's mine. I receive it in Jesus' name. Now, I was saying this earlier, and hope I didn't catch anyone off guard, but, you know, just doing a little bit of study, we know that worry and lack of peace is an issue. I mean, studies have shown that chronic stress is linked to the six leading causes of death. Sure, lack of movement and exercise and bad diet can attribute to this, but stress literally contributes to heart disease, cancer, lung ailments, accidents, cirrhosis of the liver, and suicide. And you know that more than 75% of all doctor visits are for stress-related ailments and complaints? 75%. There must be something to what Jesus and the apostles are saying. We can go, what do you mean not worry? I can't not worry. Don't you see what's going on? But stats are showing that it's not helping us. Stats are showing it's not helping us, Pastor Andy. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, Andy. Speaking to myself too. God wants you to operate in that perfect peace that he's already given you. I love, I love Isaiah 26.3 in the Amplified. Check this out. He says, you will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. Think about this. When those situations come up, maybe it's time to say, I choose to commit myself to you. Commit myself to your story about me. Commit myself to what you're saying about me. In those moments, maybe we need to say, I choose to lean on you. I choose to hope confidently in you. What would that do for our lives? How many ailments and things would just begin to fall away? How much stress and worry would just begin to fall off our back? I'm telling you, this is important. Keeping your eyes on your union with Christ and the love Father has for you is what brings peace. So let me ask this question. Does anyone here today desire the peace that only comes in and through Jesus? I'll raise both hands. How many can use a little peace this morning? Guess what? You already have it. <laughs> you, don't even have to, you don't have to beg God for it. Isn't that cool? God, please just give me some peace. Now, again, in those situations, we say, God, make me aware of this peace. Bring me that peace. I need that peace. That's okay. We're not, we're not going to mince words here. But I want you to see that you already have it. You have been outfitted for peace, literally clothed in peace. That's awesome. And listen, if you have not yet said yes to salvation in Jesus Christ, the good news is that it's available as a free gift. And part of that free gift is peace. It's already yours. It's awakening to the fact that, wow, God cares for me and he desires relationship for me. Okay, I'm on board. Don't know what that all means yet, but I'm on board. And once you get on board, man, it just begins to change your mind. You begin to see God differently, this whole, this source of your life differently. And then you begin to tap into things like forgiveness and peace. What did Jesus say? 
Why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? For some of us this morning, it's, it's growing in that faith and that trust that God has our back. Despite the circumstances, despite what's coming toward me right now, I will choose peace because I trust you. Amen? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we, we just thank you for your goodness and your love toward us. And also for your peace. A peace that we're told surpasses all natural understanding. And for some of us, we need that. That's, that's really the peace that we desire. Because the things that we maybe understand that are happening to us in the midst of the moment, we need something that transcends that. And so we thank you that you've already provided us with, you've already outfitted us for peace in our life. And so it's really up to us to make that choice in the midst of those circumstances. And even when we don't make the choice, the beautiful thing is you're still in the boat with us. You're not going anywhere. In fact, Holy Spirit, I believe you're just continually reminding us of there's peace, tap into it. There's peace, receive it. There's peace, take it. And so I pray this morning that anyone who is dealing with any situation where there is worry, they do have a troubled soul, that you're bringing this to their remembrance, that peace is theirs. Will you stand with me this morning for just a moment before we dismiss, please? And maybe just close your eyes for a moment, not in a religious way, but sometimes it just gets us to focus. But is there anything in your life this morning that you would say, I've just been holding on to this thing? Whether it's something someone's done to you, like we talked about last week, not releasing that person. Is there a doctor's report that you've gotten or an unexpected bill or just a relationship that's broken down you didn't expect? Anything like that that's bringing you into this state of worry, fret, and stress. I believe that Jesus is saying, I want to take that for you this morning. So say this with me, Heavenly Father, I trust you. I trust you with my heart. I trust you with outward circumstances. And this morning, by an act of my will, I give this thing or person to you. And even under your breath, just say that thing of that person. Say their name. Say that thing you're going through. Say, I give that to you. And say this, Jesus, I give you permission to bring healing virtue into my soul, to help me release that person, that stress, that worry. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, continue to remind me of who I am and whose I am. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.